The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, hello, hello. Um, I have worked really hard at these episodes, and it is time for a bit of a feedback moment and set this podcast up for success for the next episodes. So if you like my episodes, I really want to ask you for two big favors. Please grab your phone right now and hit the subscribe button in whatever app you're listening in. And please, please give it a five-star review because it makes a tremendous difference in the podcast world. By Spotify, in Spotify, you do that by just clicking on the stars that's at the top of the screen. And in Apple, you have to scroll all the way down and then leave a review there. You got to make up a fake name, just like put your name down with a couple digits behind it. It doesn't really matter. But please give me a five-star review if you like this podcast and share it with anyone who you think might like it. Because uh, this is the only way this one-woman show of 30 and a bit can keep making more and more episodes for you, which makes me so happy. So I would really appreciate your support here. Thank you. And I have another really fun episode for you guys. I have created a bunch of episodes at this point, and each of them were so amazing and so surprising as such great experts with great nuggets in every episode. So I wanted to pick my personal top uh, snippet from each episode and share it up with you. Let's just jump in, shall we? Let's start with Sam. Sam had the question, how to nail an interview and earn what I'm worth. And she talked about the what method. And I've heard from a bunch of people since that they have applied this during their interviews and it was very successful. So as the highlight, I wanted to pick this one because it's just another amazing tip that you can immediately prepare for and apply at the very next interview you'll be in. Also, if you haven't listened to the whole episode, we talk a lot about negotiating as well. And Sam gives pieces of text that you can literally copy paste in your response to the recruiter, whether this is via email or phone. It is so usable. 
Um, so if you are going through interviews right now, make sure you listen to the whole episode. Her book has come out in the meantime as well, and she gives amazing tips on her socials. So don't forget to follow her at A Power Mood. What are th- some other things you can really prepare yourself for when it comes to um, stepping into an interview? couple of things I would say always do your behavioral question research. So when you're getting ready for your interview, I would do a quick Google search, whatever your title is, and then behavioral interview questions. So marketing manager, behavioral interview questions. Um, that'll give you the list of the most common interview questions for your industry. And behavioral questions are the ones that start with, tell me about a time when. So tell me about a time when you delivered for a client. Tell me about a time when you disagreed with your supervisor, things like that. Um, and you want to just prepare effective, concise examples from your work history that can speak to those questions. Then my guest, Gina Cleo, it was such a cool episode. We spoke about habits and we had never met in person, but we share a really good friend. So it was great to finally meet her, given I've heard so much about her. Gina has a PhD in habit change, and she gives amazing tips on how to change habits and make it sustainable. Also, at the end of the episode, we do a really fun rapid fire round where I name different bad habits, and she explains how to get rid of them and how to break them successfully. In this snippet, this highlight that you're about to hear, she shares five steps on how to change your habits. She offers an online program and coaching, so make sure you check out her socials at Gina Cleo. And on 30andabit.com are a couple documents and resources that can help you, including the habit check, including the habit, excuse me, including the habit tracker, there you go, that she speaks about. There are five steps to creating a new habit. And firstly, it's choose a goal. Secondly, it's think of like a small action that you can take to achieve that goal. The third one is link the, the, the action that you want to do with a trigger. So like creating that cue response association. Step four is take action. Because it's one thing to say you want to do something, but it's a whole nother thing to actually do it. And then step five is monitor your um, habits using something called a habit tracker. And I'll also give you some links for habit trackers because our brain goes, when we give ourselves a tick, our brain's like, oh, that felt good. I'm going to do that again. And it really helps you to stay motivated. So those are the five steps to creating new habits. It really is all about being intentional, creating a plan and linking the behavior that we want to create with a trigger in our life. And then there was the amazing Vanessa Loader with the question, how can I not feel so damn overwhelmed all the time and learn to say no? And I try to take this very seriously, what we're about to talk about in the highlight. Um, Well, anyway, I'm not going to spoil it. You just listen to it. I am just trying to take better care of myself by doing what she's about to tell you. Enjoy. Uh, Also, go to our website, vanessaloader.com, to watch her TEDx talk. It's really good. And you can also order her book there and download the meditation challenge. Rest and pleasure are feminist acts. 
because we have been conditioned as women to believe that we don't deserve to rest or take care of ourselves. We take care of everyone else except for ourselves. And we've been conditioned to believe that our pleasure is not a priority. And I don't mean just like sexual pleasure, any kind of pleasure. It could be, I'm going to make myself a nice cup of tea and sit on the couch with a good book. And I'm just going to do that. I do that sometimes in the middle of a work day for like just 30 minutes. And it feels so naughty and like indulgent, which is funny because it's not that, but it does because it's like during work hours. And I always feel so recharged afterwards. And it's so hard for me to give myself permission to do that, that it's ludicrous. So I think as women, we need to recognize this tendency we have to do it all and to take care of everyone. And we have to deprogram ourselves from that intentionally. And it is hard and uncomfortable to sit down and lie on the couch when there's dirty dishes in the sink. And you know, one of the things I said in the book, I've just found this to be true. It's like not scratching an itch like when you go rest and you haven't finished your work or the the kitchen is a mess and it's going to be uncomfortable, but that's the only way through it is we have to start giving ourselves permission to rest and to relax because you know what? It never all gets done. It's never going to all get done. Then Nikki Bennett. Um, It was so good to have her on the podcast as well. I think I have, worst relationship with food than I maybe thought. I thought I had healed quite a bit, maybe not 100% yet. But after listening to her speak about mindful eating, I am trying to be a lot better at it. And I think it's okay. I think I'm okay. So I think um, mindful eating and what we pass down to the next generation is so important to make sure that also the next generation doesn't hold the same guilt that maybe we do, like I do. Um, it's a, it was a very valuable, fun conversation to have that had a lot of takeaways that I'm still trying to apply every single day. Binge eating often happens because we tell ourselves we have mental and physical restriction around food that we can't have food and then we have this like inner toddler that likes to rebel and be like screw you I can eat that if I want and then because we're again eating automatically we're not mindful we're distracted we're dissociating we're doing all these things we feel guilt and shame then we tend to just eat it till the food's gone we don't really we're not in control in that eating situation so it's really about there's so much to it but really trying to you know, unlearn all those diet rules that are forcing that hyper desire around whatever foods we're we're binging on, and then eating distraction free, eating mindfully, honoring our our fullness cues, and having a hundred giving ourselves a hundred percent permission to eat food is key. And even in emotional eating, because if we're saying well, I shouldn't be eating this, then we keep going back for more. But if we tell ourselves the simple mm-hmm. switch of I can eat these foods whenever I want. There's no need for me to overeat these and truly believe it. Like just like all the vegetables and fruit in your fridge, you know, like you don't feel addicted to carrots because you know you can eat them whenever you want. We need to have that same relationship with Oreos and Nutella and and things like that so that so that they come down the like not so exciting and they become very normal foods. Libby and I had such a nice conversation. She is so friendly and down to earth. And the question was, how can I create a healthy work-life balance? 
We started the conversation with her postnatal depression because she had this after her first kid was born. And she tells us how she felt and how she ended up seeking help to get out of it. And then we jumped into the work-life balance uh, and she had some great tips. So make sure you follow her at Libby Boxel and check out her company, Dose & Co, for amazing collagen products. Scheduling your week, I think also asking for help. That is something that a lot of women don't like doing, myself included. Um, and asking for help is... It just makes all the difference <laughs> instead of just saying, I can do this myself, you know. Sometimes it is good to have someone come in, you know, a few hours a week to just help out with the kids or, um, you know, something like that. I think also learning to say no. Again, this is something that I'm not good at and I'm, I'm learning to do a lot more. Women, just a lot of women, I just don't like saying no to things. And I, I feel like I'm always, I'm such a people pleaser. I'm always just saying yes. And I think we need to learn to say no and turn down like work things if we can't do it or social things if we can't do it. And that definitely helps with um, work-life balance. I think also learning to take breaks, <laughs> um, learning to take breaks and taking time out you know each week or if you can take out an hour out of each day to just do something for yourself again if you just want to drive and get a coffee or you know once a week go and get um you know if you want to go get your nails done or something that just helps so much mentally and kind of helps like for me it just I feel more balanced Kelsey, I thought Kelsey was so funny in the episode with the question, how can I overcome anxiety and panic attacks? And I feel like saying you have anxiety or you're about to have a panic attack is really normal nowadays. But then when you listen to the episode and Kelsey really explains in detail what it's like, you're like, we should probably not really normalize saying that or like exaggerate as much as we like to do. Uh, in this highlight that you'll listen to, she explains what normal healthy anxiety is and when it starts to become a problem and you should maybe uh, seek some help. Uh, she wrote a great book called Don't Fucking Panic, which I can highly recommend and follow her anywhere on socials at, at Kelsey Dara anxiety and stress often get put in the same bucket but what i want to differentiate from is anxiety that is normal and healthy from anxiety disorder so i am not a doctor but i might as well be um but you can find all of this out on the internet or from a therapist or even in my book but a healthy amount of anxiety is something that everybody has. Often people say, I don't want my anxiety. I wish I could get rid of it or how to get rid of your anxiety. Run from those people because there's no such thing as getting rid of anxiety. There's a reason why we experience anxiety. All the way back in the caveman days, we needed anxiety to survive. We needed that fight or fight response that our brains created, our nervous systems created in order to survive. If a bear or a saber-toothed tiger was running our way, we needed to feel a little anxious to 
continue to survive as a species. As society developed, as we as humans developed, we still use those survival mechanisms if there is danger coming our way, if we have a perceived threat, whether it's real or not, that is a healthy amount of anxiety. Maybe you're about to be put into a situation you've never been in before. You're about to go on a first date. We often use the words like, you know, there's butterflies in my tummies or my hands were sweating. I felt really nervous. That is a good, healthy amount of anxiety where you want to get your, you know, little antennas uh, up a little higher where your alarm bells are ringing a little bit more is if we find that anxiety to be disruptive in your daily life. You find it to be popping up out of situations that maybe you didn't used to or more often or out of a scenario that you notice other people don't seem to be having the same amount of disruptive anxiety. And that's when we want to start looking at perhaps an anxiety disorder. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Then a brief tip from the episode that Oscar and I recorded where we spoke about planning our wedding. And I personally think this is the most important tip when you start planning your wedding. So one hot tip is with your partner at the start of planning a wedding, each make your top three of non-negotiables, of things that you absolutely want in the wedding. If you both have the same point in your top three, you know that that'll be your number one and work your way down from there. We each had three different things. So we had six non-negotiables in total. With Tara's episode where the question was, how can I start having better sex tonight? I barely had to speak. I was all ears listening to the expert. She talks about sex with such ease and confidence, and I loved hearing everything she had to say about it. We finished the episode with five tips on how to start having better sex. But the highlight that I would like to share with you right now is how to learn to talk about sex with your partner. A lot of people find it really awkward and it's a huge step to open up about it. But the uh, one of the best ways of making sure that your sex lives improves is by being able to speak about it openly with your partner and having that cra- uh, that safe space. So snippet you're going to listen to in a second, I think is amazing because it's so applicable and you can just start bringing in little, little hints here and there and start making it a more comfortable subject to speak about between your partner and you. And in that way, also better your sex life, which is so exciting. So listen up and learn. Start doing it. You can follow Tara at Tara O underscore sex coach and sex is double X. And the way that you can do that is to start bringing it up not personally, so something about your own sex life, but through the way that you're, the things that you see. So it might be while you're watching a movie, you could say, 
oh my god that sex scene was so hot I love the way he came into the shower while she was in there and he started running his hands over wasn't that hot and then your partner he or she might say oh yeah that was really hot and then you could kind of you can either take that conversation further or leave it there or you might be in the car and a sexy song might come on and be like god this song is so sexy it really gets me in the mood so you're just putting kind of like little sex bombs or just dropping little kind of conversation tidbits around the place without kind of talking to your partner straight on and be like let's have a conversation about sex we must talk about everything right now because a that can be quite weird and it can be quite confronting but also what we're doing is we're bringing sex into the conversation without bringing anything that has become a hurdle or a problem within the relationship So the more we start to get comfortable with talking about sex before there is a problem or before there is an issue that needs to be talked about, the less likely it's going to feel like this big thing when you do have that conversation with like, hey, babe, just a minute. I just want to kind of have a check in um, about sex lately. I've noticed we've kind of been a bit off. Like, is it me or are you feeling stressed with work? You know, that kind of stuff is going to be easier to approach when there's already sort of this, this culture of discussion about sex anything that feels easeful for you then after a while you can start bringing in more of the conversations that you want to start to have again don't do it in the bedroom start to get comfortable talking about sex first outside of the bedroom and then go into the bedroom so driving the car is really good because you're not actually looking directly at each other somebody's looking at the road you can kind of you know, kind of been dropping it into normal conversation. You can, you know, when you're out for a walk, walking the dog, whatever it is, it just takes the, the kind of the heaviness um, away while you, while you begin to start to get used to talking about sex. Things that have gone really well in the past, memories that you've enjoyed in the past, the great sex in, in France that you had on a moped on the mountain or something, I don't know. But just, hey, babe, do you remember that time we had sex? on the boat in Croatia that was so sexy I would love to do that again like that was really really hot I loved that you really slowed down and it was like you just kind of explored my whole body and it was on fire and then our partner's brain he or she might go ah I'm registering that I'm starting to kind of clock on that she likes when I do x y and z you know And then those kind of little hints, those kind of subtleties can then grow to when you're feeling more comfortable with each other, having a conversation. The next two episodes came out in one week and they were about ADHD. And I'll be honest that I had recorded these when I just launched 30 and a bit. So they've been ready for a little while, but I was kind of wondering when it would be a good time to drop them and would it really resonate with a bigger audience and I was a little bit unsure about when and how to launch it but then I had brunch with someone a female she was 37 and she was just going through the motions and in that weekend I started thinking maybe I should launch it next week like maybe it's a good time now and then when I met her I was like I should this is almost like a sign I should launch this episode do them both in one week and just kind of really Uh, go deep on this ADHD subject. Turns out ADHD community online is huge and we got so many reactions and uh, comments on it, uh, which was really exciting. The episode was very well received. People felt heard. 
they liked that there was more attention brought to the subject because it is such a big subject among a lot of women. So I'm really happy the way that it turned out. And uh, Meredith just has such a great way of explaining the difference between people with ADHD and without hormones, um, some food-related issues. So I was really happy that Meredith ended up being the expert on the episode because she did amazing. And you can follow her on at hummingbird underscore ADHD. Here we go. I got really fascinated with the subject. Um, like I'm telling in my intro that my friend got diagnosed um, a couple months ago and she told me something about the way her brain works and the way she thinks. She described the situation where she was cooking and she had uh, a sweater on with long sleeves and she was cooking on an open fire on a gas stove top. And um, she, her mind spiraled completely. She was like, what if my uh, sleeve goes in the fire and I, I'm on fire, my kids will run up to me, they'll catch on fire and then we're all dead and my husband's going to come home and he's going to find us all three dead on the floor. And she, up until she started talking to a psychiatrist, had no idea that this is not how people's brains work if they don't have ADHD. She had, she thought everyone thought like that. Yeah. Often just completely spiraled to the worst case scenario. Yeah. And after she got, she talked to the psychiatrist and, and she was like, I think you might have ADHD. She asked her husband, she's like, do you ever think like this? And he was like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's a common story I hear, and I totally relate to it in my personal life. Like, I, yeah. I thought everybody ruminated incessantly. I thought everybody was kind of an overthinker. Um, I thought everybody, like, you know, drove off with the coffee cup on top of their car on a regular basis. And then I met my <laughs> husband, and he's like, he does not operate well how I do at all. And it's like, whoa, okay, this is different. And I, for me, for a long time, I thought it was just because I was kind of flawed and like not great, you know? And then um, understanding ADHD, it's like, you know, what your friend's describing is it's like, that's rumination. And that is something that people with ADHD uh, really experience. That part of our brain that is in our thoughts and is like thinking all of the time. Um, with neurotypical people, when you start doing an action like cooking on your stove like your friend was doing, typically that thinking part of your brain turns down a little bit and kind of like on a dimmer, right? Like it doesn't go away. Other people can have those thoughts, but with ADHD, it doesn't dim. So she's cooking, she's doing the action, and then her brain just has this opportunity to like give her this huge story, you know, like, and our brains always want to protect us. So it's like, okay, I'm thinking about worst case scenario, like your sleeve is totally going to catch on fire and we have great imaginations. So it makes a lot of sense that her mind would go in that direction. Then the second episode about ADHD was with Becca. And this one was more focused on eating and ADHD because before looking into ADHD, I wasn't really aware that an eating disorder and most commonly binging was so common among people with ADHD, women with ADHD, I should say. 
Um, but the question ended up being, how can I, how do I have ADHD without binge eating, chronic dieting and body image issues? One caveat in this episode, I do have to say something people pointed out on socials was I mentioned that people that have anorexia don't have that dopamine hit like people do when they're binging. I should make that a little bit more nuanced because it turns out with research studies done that people when they binge yes they get that dopamine hit from eating but people with anorexia still have that dopamine hit but they get it from not eating and being in control of the not eating so that was a little bit I didn't say that very clearly in the episode so that's a small caveat happy to get that out there but yeah enjoy this little snippet about ADHD and food I think a lot of it is dopamine seeking behaviors or it can be the like cycle I call it the ADHD binge restrict cycle where like you forget to eat during the day you don't recognize that you're hungry or whatever you go or you barely eat during the day and then once you like kind of relax and you're done with the day it's like I call it the hunger monster that comes out and it's like oh my gosh I am I've barely eaten all day and then at that point it's really hard to like regulate your eating when you're ravenous. Um, and so then you're more likely to overeat or binge. And it's also because your body's like, Hey, you haven't fed me all day. Okay. So it's really a combination of your body finally recognizing that it's hungry or your brain rather, and wanting that dopamine hit. Yes. Yeah. And I think for a lot of my clients too, like eating isn't fairly like accessible activity and doesn't require a lot of effort either. Um, so like you can sit on the, on the couch and watch a TV show and eat and, you know, and get your stimulation. And then you're also distracted, which means you're not going to be, you know, as aware about how much food that you're eating. And so then it's like, oh, I'm almost all the way through this bag of potato chips and I just brought some to have a snack, but I didn't even realize that I was like really doing that. And then the final episode, the one from last week, Can I Be Happily Single After 30? And this one was by two girlfriends, Kirsty and Becky, and I had such a good time. We were just having a couple drinks. It was a bit chaotic, but in a very fun way. And I think it was just uh, a funny conversation among three girlfriends that you were able to witness. Um, it they have some great things to say about single life and you should really listen to the whole episode. This little snippet gives you a good idea though of what we're trying to do during the episode. So Kirsty brings in some wisdom and immediately we laugh over a funny joke. Enjoy. It reminds me of like the analogy of there are like multiple loves of your life in that yeah. you have your significant other that is your partner, but really like you have to fill it with other loves of your life, i.e. you guys, i.e. my parents, yeah. i.e. like there's so many different loves that you should have, not just like this one individual that you put all your hope into. Yeah, like yeah, I can at any more. point of the day be like, it's only just now later like in my life that I've enjoyed even my own company. Like I don't, I don't like, I used to hate being on my own. I could never, I, I still, met you a few years. I still can't be left with my own thoughts. I forget that. Like every massage I have, there's a true crime podcast, like <laughs> spitting murder facts in my ear. But I, I don't, I genuinely hated being on my own. And so I like, I think that it's okay over here being on your own. There's so much to do. There's so much to see. There's so much going on. 
These are a wrap, guys. Um, I'm so excited. The conversations that I had with the experts all blew my mind. If you haven't listened to the whole episode, but something kind of triggered something in your mind, please go back and listen to the whole episode because they're all little gold mines of great tips where we start at the basics, we explain what we're going to talk about, and then we end up solving or trying to solve um, the question of the week. I am back with another expert interview next week. I'll be back in your ears on Tuesday. Um, And thanks again. Please do not forget to subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. See you next week. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.